Father, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. Thank you for working in our lives. As we look at some scripture tonight and some implications and applications, we want to be living well in our broken world for your glory. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. Imagine with me, if you can, that you're building a house. You're not doing it, but you have contracted a house to be built. And every day you go and you just kind of look to see what has been done. And early on in the process, the footer has been poured and they've started to lay block. And you notice as you look at the footer that... uh, On both sides of the house, the footer comes along pretty level, then it drops a little, and then, you know, it levels off. And you notice as the blocks are starting in the corner that some of them are already cracked because there's something wrong with the footer. And you look a little closer and you realize that on both sides and at the corner, the footer has been poured on some uh, sandy soil. What would you do? Got a different builder. Coming from a builder. (laughs) Pardon? Stop payment on the check. You may continue, but the rest of the house eventually is going to be worthless. Last Sunday morning, we talked about some absolute basics. Under those absolute basics, if you please, you know, God's glory, God as creator God, the correct gospel in Christ, and so on. I want to suggest that there's some bedrock that underlies all of them, all of those items that are so very, very essential. And in light of Scripture, I'm suggesting that that bedrock is that family is God's primary small group. And local flocks or assemblies or churches are essential for transformation in a believer's life. Take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. <clears throat> and in making those statements, I'm in no way saying that, <clears throat> excuse me, a family has to be perfect or church has to be perfect. <clears throat> As you look at the pages of history, <clears throat> The family history is not very good, nor is local church history very good. But God continues to work. <clears throat> but need to keep in mind that families are foundational. <clears throat> Excuse me. And local churches, assemblies are necessary for transformation. In Genesis chapter 1, in verse 26, then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God made man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Skip down to verse 18. God had spoken to Adam of chapter 2, that is. God had spoken to Adam, placed him in the garden, and told him to work it and to care for it. Verse 18 says, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. The Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. 
He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. Whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. And the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of man and brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. I'm of the conviction that Moses wrote Genesis. Moses would have wrote many years after creation took place. And he clearly communicates there's male and there's female, and God ordained marriage. Man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. They were naked, they felt no shame. The family was established long before any nation was established. The family was established long before the local church was established. The family is foundational. We'd even go further, it's the bedrock. And you will find that the enemy begins immediately to attack the family. How does he do that? He appears to Eve and talks to Eve rather than to Adam, distorting God's order. And then we know that Adam and Eve both chose to disobey God. And then Adam and Eve had children. Cain and Abel, and what happened? Cain killed Abel. What's the enemy doing? Again, attacking the family. He's attacking the bedrock of what I think God has established and has been doing that down through the ages. You don't have to go very far until you come to Genesis chapter 6 where God destroyed everyone on the earth other than Adam, I'm sorry, Noah and his wife, his three sons and their wives. And basically, God was starting over with Noah and his family. And that didn't go too well either. God called Abraham, or Abram, and Abram didn't do too well either, did he? He got impatient with God and had a child by Hagar. And then we have Jacob come along, along with Esau and Jacob didn't do too well either because he had favorite kids. Then we have the 12 sons of Jacob, and you find that they didn't do too well. And it just seems as you look at history, families didn't fare too well. God continued to work. He's still accomplishing his purpose. But he still hasn't changed the fact that the family is the bedrock. And then after the nation of Israel, as God progressively revealed himself, Christ came and he established the church. The church being instrumental in transformation of believers. <clears throat> but we find again the church has its share of issues and has had down through the ages. But God's plan has not changed. Family is God's primary 
small group. We hear a lot about small groups in our world today. Remember the conviction family is a primary small group. Beginning with marriage. Parents and children. Grandparents, children and grandchildren, and extended family. Marriages may break up. Parents and children may have struggles. Grandparents and children and grandchildren may have struggles. Extended family may have struggles. But it's still God's primary group, or primary small group. It seems as you study biblical history that the enemy will attack the bedrock. And if you destroy the bedrock, you affect everything above it. It's interesting that we as families can play together. We can go to a theme park together. We can eat together. We can talk about politics, as I did with a couple of my family members yesterday. We can talk about religion, as we did some yesterday. And that's all well and good. It seems like God wants us to apply the one another's in the family. Pray for one another, encourage one another, spur one another on, rebuke one another, correct one another, forgive one another, and so on. Just applying the one another's within the small group. Godly families, and I realize families struggle and they continue to struggle, but as we pursue godly families, they display God's reconciliation in God's way. If families fail, everything else suffers deeply. Unless we start with families and continue with families, we suffer deeply. And I realize we're here tonight, and probably all of us have some type of family issue. We have difficulties. Not bemoaning all of that. What is in the past? Let be in the past. But as a body of believers, be concerned about families. Someone may be divorced. Someone may have issues with their kids or kids may have issues with their family. Not bemoaning all of that, but keep a focus on families. For where we are, we seek to be following God. See, the enemy wants us to dwell on how terrible things or in the past, or what has happened. And we miss in the present. Can't change the past as much as you might want to. You pick up where you are and seek to respond to God. You say, I blew it. God's grace is present. I could have done things differently. God's grace is present. Leave it behind you. But as a body of believers, just being concerned about Families. And again, godly families have a deep impact. But even families that have struggles, and we all do, if you don't stand up and say we have never had any family struggles. (laughs) Families will have struggles, but how we respond to them can be an indicator of God's grace. 
God established what He desires. But sin is in the world and we struggle and we fail and we blow it. But He still comes back to families because He has no backup plan. God never said, I'm done with families. I'm going to go to another round. Adam and Eve blew it. Cain and Abel blew it. Noah and his family blew it. Abraham blew it. David blew it. And God says, my concern is still families. So if you think you have blown it, you're in good company. Look at history begin with Adam and Eve. But God's still concerned about families. So wherever we are, we pick up. And we seek to respond accordingly. Families are the core, primary means for the following, developing future generations. We say from a broken family, you still have extended family. So I'm a loner. Well, then you up with some family. <clears throat> you say our family's broken. We'll take the pieces that are there and seek to respond godly. We're not talking perfection. Everything's got to be perfect. We're talking to seeking to respond to God in a faithful way. But God wants to develop future generations, primarily through the family. We can look at our track record as a body of Christ and whether we did good or not so good, we are where we are. We seek to pick up where we are and go on. But God wants to develop future generations through family. And that's one of the unique things about adoption. Families adopt. That's a ministry. But it can have a lifelong impact. That's interesting when you have one family that is seeking to be responsive to God even though they have all kinds of struggles. They seek to minister to another family that may be outside of Christ that's impacting future generations. I think the family is God's desire for making disciples through children, through adoption, through reaching a neighbor, through abortion, through a single parent, reaching out to singles and so on. Next Sunday is um, Sanctity of Life, you know, Sunday. You know, when we reflect some on a portion and you know, we're encouraged to reflect on that. Do you ever think about a family reaching out to a gal that is going through a pregnancy that she don't want. And they invite that gal into their home and befriend her and care for her and love her. And a family, another family reaches out to a doctor that performs abortions. We say, we're supposed to hate them. No, we're supposed to reach out to them. See, if you reach that gal that wants to go through a divorce and you reach, and striving to reach doctors that perform abortion, I said divorce, abortion, you reach a doctor that performs abortions, 
you've taken care of the baby. And doing that through families, just reaching out and caring and concern. Single parents being invited into a home and let them see, let the kids see how a mom and a dad may relate. Singles, maybe their family is basically passed on and where they move to a new area, the family adopts them and invites them into their home, making disciples. And I'm talking just in your own severe of influence. You say our family's not perfect. If it was, no one would believe you anyway. So live with your imperfections. Let them be seen. We experience God's grace. We say, I don't like some of my history. Share it anyway. Because all of us have our history. But again, through the family. You know, sharing our own brokenness sometimes can have a tremendous impact on others, and they're being willing to share their brokenness. Family, developing spiritual gifts. I'm talking all gifts, just being used in the family. Where can a son learn to lead a family in the family? Where can a son learn to lead his wife in scripture and prayer by... Dad letting son do that before he moves out of the house. Where can a daughter learn how to be following her husband's leadership and submissiveness from mom? Developing gifts. How can children learn to show mercy? by watching mom and dad show mercy? How can they learn encouragement by mom and dad encouraging them to pursue their abilities in encouragement? They have the gift of evangelism, encourage them in sharing with all believers. They're just developing gifts, using them within the family, you know. Family says, we're going to get together with two other families. We're going to take a, go on a mission trip. Our mission trip's going to be to Kentucky. And we're going to just kind of organize this loosely, but it's going to be according to the gifts that we have in the family. We're going to take time, you know, we're going to pray together, we're going to share together, we're going to have some fun together and so on. But we're going to minister together also. Well, you say, the church should be doing that, well, why not the family? Or just... Ministering together, nothing wrong with the church organizing something like that. But again, family. Developing gifts and abilities. I realize that everyone was not raised in a home like I was. God can use whatever home we were raised in for his, or for our ultimate good or purpose, according to Romans 8, 20 through 30. I'm not sure how dad and mom did, did it, but I think they developed some of our gifts and abilities, unbeknownst to us. No, it's not where we knew the plan, but they seemed to do that. But you may have come from a home where there was great brokenness. You think that didn't happen. 
God's grace is sufficient. He can teach you through that. You can come alongside someone else that is going through a similar problem and a similar difficulty and share God's grace. We don't have to have a good background to be used. We don't have to have a terrible background to be used. God wants to, in his grace to use us in light of where we came from. And if we're not careful, we can become jealous and envious of someone else. Well, I didn't have the same background as they did. God's grace is sufficient. God's grace isn't needed for no matter what our background is. He desires to work in families. I think it's through families that God wants to develop. <coughs> Excuse me, godly employees, godly employers, godly citizens, godly drivers, financial wisdom, and so on. If I were an employer, probably one of the questions I would ask a potential employee is, tell me about your family life. And as I listen to them explain their family life, one of the things I'd be looking for is, were they taught to work? Do they have relational skills? Or will they be beating someone over the head with whatever they have in their hand, you know, just because they have no relational skills. And if they really came from a background that might not be good, maybe still hire them with an intent that you're going to disciple them. If they're willing to be taught how to work. But if they came from a home where they were taught to work and expected to work, that's going to make a big difference in the job. You know, just learning how to be an employee by what happened at home. You know, we learn a lot about being citizens from our home life. And if you come to any Brubaker get-together and you get either Bob or Ron involved, you'll end up in some political discussion probably. Or something about the government. We get into that some yesterday. Ron was sitting there and one of my nephews and we ended up in some things. It didn't go too far, you know, but... Uh, I think about that, you know, I was raising a family that were pacifist and, you know, we didn't vote when, my parents didn't vote when we were kids. I'm not sure how we ended up so much talking about politics. I learned a lot about being a citizen from mom and dad. Just by observing, listening. So if dad were to say, which he didn't, but if a dad, any dad, says, boy, we got a stupid ignoramus president. You've just taught them something about being a citizen. If you say, you know, our government has some problems, our president has some problems, let's take some time to pray for our government, as Paul tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Now you've taught them something else about being a citizen. I'm not sure what policemen are called today. In my day, sometimes they were called fuzz. Uh, I think it was one of those policemen, uh, fuzz. That was our neck of the woods at least. My dad's, if my dad were to say that, he taught me something about how I'm to live as a citizen. No, we just communicate. Versus a parent saying, you know, God has given us policemen. Whether we like them or agree with them or not, that's not the issue. But God has given them. 
We're to respect them. We're to honor them. They're for our good. Taught something about being a citizen, you know, just by what is commanded. Financial wisdom, much is communicated just by how we handle finances. But again, within the family, we say some kids are <clears throat> growing up in a broken home and they try to go into marriage and they don't know a lot and so on. Well, then let some family love them and care for them and reach out to them and just help them to learn how to live godly. See, God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for willing vessels that have experienced His grace who will share His grace. Some of you probably think that I grew up in a good family. I'm not going to debate that. But we had some downsides. I will share one. I could share more than one, but I'll share one. I learned how to fight with my wife very good. My form of fighting with my wife is this. You say, where did you learn that? From my dad. Dad was, didn't have a lot of unkind words to say to mom. <clears throat> he just didn't have any sometimes. <laughs> Which is a form of communication. Another one. Sometimes our family would communicate without any words. You can communicate without speaking, that facial expression. So we get married and Ruth Ann would say to me, Dan, you got that set jaw look. I would say, I don't know what you're talking about. Again, she would say, Dan, you got that set jaw look. I don't know what you're talking about. This goes on for years, you know. And I finally said, honey, I really, she said to me one time, you got that set jaw look. I said, honey, every time I have a set jaw look, tell me so I can think about what I'm thinking about. So she kept doing that, and I finally figured out that when I got that set jaw look, <laughs> I better not tell you too much, it goes through my mind. <laughs> but part of it was, don't you know any better? Everyone figures that out. And I, I don't think she's told me about my set jaw look for years, have you? Because, because pardon? <laughs> we talk more. But you see, I learned. You may say, well, Pastor, you grew up in a good family. That's not my point. We had our issues. I don't care. Any family has these issues. I can use that in talking to others. You know, hey, hey, you guys, talk to your wives. Don't communicate with looks alone. You may have looks, but don't stomp with that. Make sure they're decent looks. You, know. you see where I'm coming from? Grace. We blow it. We all have our issues. But in grace, God wants to use us. If we're from brokenness, He'll use our brokenness. If we're from strength, He'll use our strengths. He's not limited. Family provides 
for being with the teach and train. Family provide, families provide for being with to teach and train. Just to be together, we learn so much. If you reflected on your years of living at home or your present living at home, you learn much just by being with your family. Arlene Updike, some of you may recall, she was here about two and a half years ago for something at Baptist Bible College, and she stayed with us, was it two nights, I think, and uh, she made some comments about Ruth Ann and I, you know, and how we got along, and I thought, she's been here two days, and she made some observations already. She was just with us. You know, she saw that set jaw look if I had it or whatever the case may be. And her kids grew up in a home, whatever type of home it is. And just by being with mom and dad, there's teaching, there's training taking place. And that's God's design. But that's why the enemy has attempted to pull families apart in so many ways. Whether it be with divorce, whether it be with dad or mom being so busy or kids being busy and just being separated so much. So whatever may have transpired in your past, God in His grace wants to work for you to minister in your present. Couple other thoughts and we'll wrap it up. Thinking in light of families. The family is far more effective than the professional, than the church, than organizations, than some ministry, some parachurch outreach, a pastor or a leader. No one can fully take the place of family or even begin to take the place of family. That's bedrock. But down through the pages of biblical history, the family has been shot at time and time again. And God in his grace says, I'm still working with families. And if you're broken, I want to minister grace. And I want to use you to reach out to others. So God's pattern has not changed. He wants us to focus on the bedrock. Families are central, or I shouldn't say they're bedrock. Families will have struggles. They always have, always will. But in the midst of that, seeking to pursue what God has designed, allowing his grace to work. About 32 years ago, <clears throat> I spent a little time in the hospital and I had my skull tumor removed. I think it was six or seven, maybe you know, six or seven years before I was in the hospital and went through some physical trials that I would have 
visited people in the hospital and ministered to people in the hospital. But I noticed a distinct change in me after my surgery and having gone through some physical trials and just barely making it physically for a period of time. I would go to visit someone in the hospital and I'd say, yeah, I I think I can understand a little bit what you're going through. I could say that in a much different way because I'd been there. I think about your past, what you've been through in terms of family, the way you were raised, what happened in your marriage or what is happening in your marriage now, what happened with you and your parents or you and your children or what's happened with extended family. Some of it is good. Some of it may be more difficult. My encouragement is to embrace it. The good, the difficult, that which was not good, the bad, embrace it. As a means of God's grace for you to minister in a broken world. Because if it is good, you'll minister in one way. If it is out of brokenness, you know that you've been through brokenness, you'll minister in a different way. But it's all by grace. I'm not good enough. I, my family was not good enough. That's not the issue whatsoever. The issue is God wants to work through families. So if it's brokenness, minister. If it's good, minister. If it's halfway between, Minister. Be a grace giver in the midst of the brokenness that we have in our world. Any comments before we pray together? Ruthann. It's a matter of how dysfunctional we might be. (laughs) None of us have arrived, but our goal should be to recognize God's desire, the bedrock, and seek to work at that in the midst of difficulty. Any other comment? Let's pray together. Father, In Genesis 1 and 2, you make it very clear that you desire to use and work through families. But from the very beginning, there was brokenness. And in spite of Adam and Eve's disobedience, you used them. In spite of what happened with Cain and Abel, you still worked. In spite of what happened in Noah's family and his descendants, you continued to work. In spite of Abraham, 
you continue to work. In spite of David, you continue to work. May we not be so consumed with what may have happened in our own past or in the past of various families, but to glory and revel in your grace and the fact that you work in spite of us and you want us to keep the focus on the bedrock, the families of the primary small group. We know the enemy will continue to work but in the midst of that brokenness that we experience, your grace will be used for us to be ministering for your glory. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen.